Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Well, hi everyone. It's so great to be in your homes or sharing the word to you wherever you might be or anytime you're listening to this uh, word. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share the word. We, we come with reverence to the word of God, with respect, with fear of the Lord in our hearts that we're going to hear from you. We take every word from your, your word as you speaking to us, not listening to man, but from God's word, from God himself. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Wonderful. Well, you know, I, I want to speak today on the Holy Spirit baptism with fire. Uh, I believe God wants to pour out his spirit on his church like never before. Uh, he was preparing his church for the last days, and we are in unprecedented times, as we know. We've just, uh, you know, just facing a, a, a massive worldwide pandemic with this coronavirus. And the fact, you know, let's not forget the fact that it's only been four or five weeks ago, uh, or obviously for some two months, three months, depending on which nation you're from, that we were shut down. We were in our homes. That. Everything was shut down worldwide, and a lot of nations are still in that right now. We are lifting our restrictions right now in Australia, but there's many nations that are still completely shut down, and we're, we're, we're isolated in our homes. It's this, this amazing thing that has taken place where, in a sense, the buildings, the church buildings have been closed, yes, but the church, the people, wherever we go is the church, but we have this time on our hands to be able to seek God and I believe the Passover that took place four to five weeks ago, the Passover was Easter, we were in our homes. And just like in the days of Israel, when they, God was taking these children out of Egypt, it's a picture of slavery, a picture of bondage to the world. God wanted His people out and brought into the promised land and brought under freedom, under the cloud of God's presence and the rock that released the water, which was Christ, and God baptized them through the Red Sea, the Bible says. And so basically God wanted them out. So for him to do that, there was a great Passover that took place. And I believe just like they were secluded in their homes, they were shut up. They closed the door. They had to put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. And then the plague, the angel of death would pass over when he saw the blood. Well, in the same way, now we have had a literal Passover because in, around Easter time, we were all locked up in our homes seeking God and praying to God. I hope you were. I know we were. But not just praying out of fear. No way. Praying out of faith. Praying out of God. These are the last days. You need to pour out your spirit. So in the same way that there's been a literal Passover, that in a, think about it. It's not a small thing. Worldwide, nations were shut down. Businesses were shut down. Sport was shut down. Clubs were shut down. Pubs were shut down. You know, restaurants, so on. And we're all in our homes, literal Passover. I believe many, many prophets have been speaking. The Bible actually says that you should believe the prophets and you will prosper. That if we believe the prophets, we will prosper. And a lot of the prophets are speaking and saying that as it was a literal Passover, there will be a literal Pentecost. That God wants to pour out His Spirit on us. And obviously that's without saying, I, th I think God never changes. God always wanted to pour out His Spirit on us. But there are times and seasons with God because of the prayers and intercessions and the words that are spoken. And, and in these last days, we don't understand it all, but I believe God is releasing more angels 
the angels of the armies of heaven have been released to the planet earth to bring the biggest harvest. Now we know according to the word that the angels are the harvesters. So if the greatest last harvest is going to come in, which I believe it will be, then there's more angels here released to do the work of God. And so we believe that there is a, a right now an outpouring of God's Spirit. We know according to the Word of God that He promised this. Did you know that? That's why it's important to know the Word of God. God promised in the book of Joel, chapter 2, that in the last days He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That's God's promise to us. So, so I believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit, yes, on the day of Pentecost. Let's just quickly summarize that Jesus Christ, who, who was God, became a man when he was born of a virgin birth. He became a man, lived a perfect life without sin. So he was the Son of God, living without sin. He didn't disobey God, not even once. And he died on the cross as if he was the sinner. And Jesus died purposely on Passover. He made sure that as the Jewish people celebrated the Passover lamb, they, they had to slay the lamb and eat it and had the, the Last Supper. And so Jesus knew that weekend is the time I'm going to lay down being the Lamb of God. Jesus being the Lamb of God, He was going to lay down His life. And, and then 50 days after, 50 days is the word Pentecost in Greek. That's where we get our word Pentecost. 50 days. For 40 days, He came from heaven. He went to the throne. I believe He poured out His blood at the altar. He came back to the earth and He's speaking to the apostles, His disciples for 40 days about the kingdom of God. It's all in the Bible. And on the 50th day, he, said, he actually said to them, wait until you're being endured with power from on high. Wait. And we're going to go in that for a moment. The day 50. In other words, you could have prayed. You could have interceded. You could have prayed hard. You could have tried your best to pray for the Holy Ghost to come down. But you know what? God had his calendar set. He knew that the Holy Spirit was going to be given from heaven when Jesus died on the cross and given from heaven and poured out on that day of Pentecost. So I believe the same way there's seasons in God. And I do believe that, that God is desiring. But the key to those seasons is hunger and thirst. So if we, if we got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Let's unwrap what I just summarized. Uh, we're going to look at a verse 18 briefly. Uh, this really st struck me and it gives you some good principles at how to see revival happen, how to birth revival, and how, how does God move on a people. It says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follow, follows. Now before we go into it, just think about that. The birth of Jesus. Jesus uh, is, the word Jesus means salvation. Yeshua means salvation. The birth of salvation on this planet. Christ means the anointed one. So the anointed one to save. How did the birth of the Son of God, the, the salvation, the anointed one, how did He come into this earth? I believe in the same way that Jesus came into this earth physically, if you take the principle spiritually, we can see the birthing of the anointed one flowing everywhere. Christ and Jesus manifested everywhere through His church because we're His body. He's the head, we're the body. So how does, how does this happen? It says after he was, His mother was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So she was found with child, think about that, of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, take you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So for Jesus to be born in this earth, into this natural realm, for Jesus, the, the salvation, 
salvation, the anointed one. For him to be birthed, Mary had to conceive of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the same way, spiritually speaking. For Jesus, the anointed one, to be birthed through his church, through the body of Christ, we have to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. We have to find conception. How, how does the Holy Spirit, how did the Holy Spirit impregnate Mary? It was through a seed, a seed of God. And so how do we get conceived? By the seed of the Word of God. We take God's promises. It's through relationship and God speaks to us. For example, I just quoted one before. That God, you promised. This is when we take God at His Word. Father God, you promised in the last days you would pour out your Spirit upon all flesh. What a great promise to be conceived with, to, 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 to be pregnant with. To say, God, I, I'm going to be pregnant until I give birth to Christ, anointed ones flowing everywhere. You're following the symbolic picture here, obviously. Look what it says here in verse 21. And she will bring forth a son. And in the same way, when we're conceived of the Holy Spirit, we're going we're gonna to manifest Jesus. And you shall call his name Yeshua, salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. So what's Jesus going to do when he's birthed spiritually? Save people from their sin. That's good news. That's really good news. And in verse 22, so all this was done that if it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. The, 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 a virgin. I, I just want to speak about a virgin. A virgin gives us a picture of holiness. A virgin is someone who's pure, someone who has not had any sexual relations. So a virgin, Jesus, be, uh, Mary being the virgin, it gives us a picture. If we're going to give birth to Jesus, the church has to have holiness, be a virgin in their heart because they don't, they don't have any other love, any other affection, nothing. They're not committing adultery with the world. They're in love with Jesus, virginity, holiness, purity. They're so in love that the Bible says they bring forth a son, manifest Jesus everywhere they go. Why? The bring forth is giving birth to Jesus everywhere they go. And it says when that happens, and she will bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, I love this, Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. How do we have God with us in the streets? How does God move in the workplace, in the schools, in the universities, in the shopping centers, in the sporting arenas? How does God move everywhere in everyday life? How does God be with us? Emmanuel, God with us. When we give birth, because we're walking in the holiness of God, we receive conception. We conceived by the Word of God. We receive the Word for relationship, and it makes us pregnant. I hope you're pregnant with revival. I hope you're pregnant with, say, I got to see God move. I need to see God set people free. We don't want to, we don't want to, we want to see the last days. We want to see a massive harvest. People have been speaking for many, many years of a billion soul harvest. I believe we're, we're, we're walking in it. I believe we're in the verge of it. Yes, the enemy tried to sidetrack the church, but he can't. He tried to sidetrack the church through the pandemic, but God takes that and uses it for his good and stirred up the church. And you better watch out. The enemy better watch out. And he is obviously scared, running scared, because the church is going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire in these last days. Amen. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is John the baptizer. He was baptizing people in water. 
And he was, his message was a, a message of repentance. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes in the past we've, we've preached about the Holy Spirit, but we haven't really emphasized that God wants to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And when we, when, we, when we baptize with the Holy Spirit, it's not just some beautiful, it is beautiful, it is pretty, it is magnificent, it is like a peace and a river and everything. But you know what? What about fire? Fire. Look what it says here in Exodus chapter 24, verse 17. Actually, this is where Moses was going up to the mountain, Mount Sinai, to talk with God. And there was a cloud of God's presence. It looked like when, when Moses went into it, it says it's a cloud covering the Mount Sinai. And when he walked into it, it was a cloud. But look what it says here about the people. And the sight, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. To Moses, it looked like a cloud. God called it a cloud over the mountain. It says it in the Scriptures. You read it. If you want to read it, it's in... Exodus 24, verse 17. But it says, but the children, when they were down there in the valley, when they looked up to the mountain, it looked like it was on fire. It was a devouring fire. The very same presence, cloud of glory, to them it looked like fire. Think about that for a second. Why fire? Now fire does a number of things. Fire obviously purifies. It re refines us. Silver and gold's refined in the fire. It burns up the impurities and the pure part comes up and you get rid of the impurities. Well, fire of God, the fire burns up whatever is not of God in me. There's a lot of stuff in me that needs to burn up when I come close to the Father and my desires for Him become kindled. It's ignited when I, when, I, when I get filled with the Holy Spirit. I say, God, I want you. I want you and nothing else. And we all need that. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 to 4, we see Moses walking in the wilderness of Sinai. And, and, and he sees a bush burning. That's quite normal. It would combustion and burn everywhere. But this bush wasn't burning up. He looks at it and it's still burning. It's burning, but the, the tree's not burning up. The little bush is not burning up. So he, he looks at it and he goes closer to it. And the Lord speaks to Moses. And the Bible says, if you read it in its context, when, when Moses turned aside to see the bush, when we turn aside, it says, then the Lord spoke to him. So we're like that too. God wants us to turn aside to give us His time, to give Him his, our time, to give the Lord our attention, to give the Lord our heart, our affection. We've got to turn aside from the things of the world, the distractions, the busyness. It's only when Moses turned aside that the Lord spoke to him from the burning bush. So the Lord God spoke out of, it says an angel of the Lord spoke out of the bush. The angel of Jehovah. Some people say that was the Lord Himself speaking to Moses. I believe that. You know, in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8, verse 2, when Ezekiel was taken up and saw the throne of God and saw God seated on the throne, he explains and he says, he's like a fire from his loins, it's his belt or his waist up and from his waist down. It's ablaze with brilliant fire. Imagine God so full of light that we get baptized, as John said, 
that baptizer, Jesus is the baptizer. He will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. So it's a beautiful thing. Now, it's beautiful when you know God is good, when you know God is loving, when you know God is gracious. You will want this baptism of fire. It's not a fire that's going to hurt us. It's a fire that gives us affection and love for Him. And I just want to point out that John the baptizer was called by God as a forerunner. It says he made the highways straight, the crooked path straight, and he made the mountains low, the valleys high to make a highway for the Lord. What was John the baptizer anointing? It was to prepare the people for the Messiah. And what was his message? It was repentance. He says, I come to baptize you for repentance. So his message was a spirit of repentance, to get people to repent, to turn back. To The, the word repent, it speaks of, you know the, the word we get for penthouse. It, mean, it speaks of going back to the high place. The penthouse is always up the top of the tower of a, of, a, of a unit block. And so penthouses go back to this high place and view things from God's point of view. Go back to God. Repent to see things His way. Turn away from this. Change your thinking. It's a lot of definitions, but they're all biblical. Change your thinking. And so what's, what's John the Baptizer's message? Repent. So I believe the baptism, because then he goes, the one comes mightier than me, he's going to come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. God knew I have to prepare their hearts in repentance before the Holy Spirit is poured out and baptizes them. God understands what's happening to mankind. So He's preparing them for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So just like in those days, we need to have our hearts ready, prepared through repentance. Through having a heart of God, we want to get rid of the stuff that's held us back from loving you. That's a heart of repentance. So God wants to baptize the church with repentance, yes, spirit of repentance, and then we are prepared to receive the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, it says, um, Basically, it says to be, they were full of, uh, Jesus was full of the Spirit, and then He proceeded to be led by the Spirit. So it's when you and I are full of the Spirit, then we can be led by the Spirit. It's not easy to be led by the Spirit if we're not full of the Spirit. It's your responsibility, my responsibility to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just want to read Luke chapter 11 really quickly. Luke chapter 11. This is a very famous um, passage of Scripture that Jesus refers to and talks about the Holy Spirit. It's found in verse 9. And he's trying to break people's mindsets of a God that's cruel, a God that's got a big stick maybe or angry or, you know, a God of judgment only. Um, in verse 9, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. That, that reads in the Greek, everyone who asks and keep on asking receives. He who seeks and keep on seeking uh, finds. He who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be open. For a son, for if a son asks for bread from any of father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent or a snake if, instead of a fish? The answer is obviously no. If he asks for an egg, if your son asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion, something that's going to harm him? Of course not. If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, you know how to do that. He's trying to shift their mindset. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, I don't know about you. I'm a father, and, and I know how much I love to give my children things that are good for them. I know how much I love to give them food. 
I want to make sure there's food on the table. My wife's like that. She's such a mother. And she'll make food for the kids. Even the ones that are married and left, she'll think about them. I think, I'm going to cook this and give this to my sons that are married and gone. But she thinks, I'm going to bless them with food. Like, think about the goodness of our heart. The Lord's trying to say, if you being evil know how to give good gifts. We would never think to give them something evil. Never. So don't think that about God. If you being evil know how to give good gifts, and I know how much I want to bless my children. I know that. And how much would it, it, it'll give you a heartache if you're a mother or a father and you cannot feed your children if you've run out of food. If you're so poor that you don't have any money to buy food. There's many nations around the world that are in lockdown that are suffering because they can't even feed their own children. We don't even know what that's like. And Jesus is saying, you know how much you love your children. Father's so loving. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? God is not holding back the Holy Spirit. It's so important for us to realize God wants to give us His Holy Spirit more than you want to ever give food to your children. You never second guess it. You never think, should I, shouldn't I? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'm going to hold this back. I'm not going to give it to my kids. I'm not going to give my food to the kids. I want them to suffer. You never think like that. Never have evil thoughts like that. God, the Father, has poured out His Spirit. On His part, He's willing. We need to be hungry for the Holy Spirit. And it's found in John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Gospel of John. I hope you got your Bibles. Without the Word of God, we have no authority. With the Word of God, we have complete authority because it's His Word. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, Jesus stands up, that great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried out and said, Imagine, Jesus, yes, He's the Messiah, but people, some of them didn't believe He was the Messiah. We know that He's God in the flesh. We know that He's the Son of God, but they saw Him, some of them as a prophet, some of them as a Messiah. Some, they thought that He was false. That he, is He really of God? So not everyone that heard Jesus, believed that he was the Son of God. And he had the boldness and the guts to say this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What? If you're a mere man, you can't say that. If you are God, you can say that. If you're God in the flesh, you can say that. But as a mere man, how can you say, if you are thirsty, let him come to me and drink? Look what it says here. He who believes in me, that's the key, believing in Jesus, and what He's done for us on the cross, as the Scripture has said, out of His heart or His belly will flow rivers of living water. Not just a trickle, not just a little bit, but rivers of living water. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of His heart will flow rivers of living water. This is a really key Scripture here. Verse 39. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Think about that for a second. The Spirit of God was not yet given at this point when they were walking around with Jesus. Because why not? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now you've got to understand, Jesus being the sacrifice lamb, the Passover lamb, the one who's going to take our sin on the cross, the one who bore our sin and our sickness on the cross, He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus had to pay the penalty on the cross, which He did when He died on the cross. They put Him in the tomb. Three days and three nights, the Holy Spirit resurrects His dead spirit, resurrects Him, brings Him back to life. I believe He goes to the, right, the, the, the throne of God. The book of Hebrews 9, 10 and 11, 8, 9 and 10 says this. Not the blood of bulls and goats, but the precious blood of the Son of God. He pours His blood at the very altar of God. And when He pours His blood out of His physical body that was resurrected, when He pours it out, I believe the Holy Spirit fills Him with glory. 
The glory of God fills his veins. Now he's glorified. He's got a glorified body. Comes back to the earth and talks to his disciples and says, touch me. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He never said flesh and blood. He said flesh and bones because he poured his blood at the altar. And when that happened, see, Jesus was not yet glorified. When that happened, a man now sits at the right hand of God as an intercessor, as the high priest in behalf of mankind. Because he took the penalty, he asked the Father, pour out the Holy Spirit. And because of what Jesus did, in other words, his death on the cross cleanses our temple. This is a mobile temple of the Holy Ghost. If you know the Bible, the Bible says, no, you're not there. Your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if, if you've never heard this before, if you're a non-believer, but the Bible says this body is like a temple. And so basically once we're forgiven, once our sin is eradicated, there's no sin anymore on us, in us, in our conscience. It's clean. When we're cleaned, we're a clean temple. Then and only then the Holy Spirit can live in us. And that's why the Holy Spirit had to be poured out on the day of Pentecost after His death and resurrection. You're following? So in Luke chapter 24... I'm taking you to, through the Word because I want your faith to be in the Word of God, not in a word of a man. Luke 24, it's the last chapter of Luke, and Jesus is speaking to them after His resurrection. I just want to remind us, these people, the apostles, the disciples, there was 12 apostles at that point until Judas hung himself, so there was 11, and then there was 120, actually, I stand corrected. Jesus revealed himself to 500, the Bible says. 500 people saw him after his resurrection. I believe he told 500 people to go up the upper room, but only 120 were up in the upper room. All right. And look what it says here. Verse 26 of chapter 24 of Luke. Then he said to them, Thus is it, it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endure the power from on high. Yes, behold, I send you the promise of my Father. Now, why is Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is the promise of my Father? Because in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, God made a promise that in the in the New covenant in the last days, he's going to take out the heart of flesh. It's in the book of Ezekiel. He's going to take out the heart of flesh and give us a heart of stone. And in that day, in the new covenant, I will give them my spirit. And the laws of God will be written in their heart. That's a promise of the Holy Spirit. Many, many scriptures. Joel, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's a promise from the Father. We need to be conceived with that promise. We need to take that word and say, God, you promised an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. I grew up not in the church. I didn't know Jesus when I was a teenager. So I went to the world and I was doing the stuff of the world, like a lot of people are doing right now. But I, was, I, was, I used to drink a lot. I used to drink a lot of alcohol. I did a bit of uh, marijuana, but I wasn't one that, if someone said, do you, do you smoke? I, at that point, I probably would have said no, because I, I did it near the end before I got saved, thank God. And I was doing it very, 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 um, what's the word? Infrequent. Infrequent. And, and so um, what I'm saying is I was delving in the world. I, was, I, I got heart, my heart broken. I, I used to get drunk. I probably started to become an alcoholic almost because I, had to get, I, I almost got drunk to get rid of my sorrow so I could have a good time. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going to nightclubs, having to get drunk to try to have a good time. 
So I was hooked in that sense, and I was hooked to a lot of other things. But you know what? What I'm saying all that for is when I came to Christ and I had my sins forgiven, I got filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 19. I went out in a, actually, the Holy Spirit touched me in my bedroom by myself where there was no one around. That's the first time I encountered the Holy Spirit. And I, I saw I so. I actually got scared and I stopped it. I thought, oh no, that was the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I got scared, but I did because I'm not used to it. And I stopped it myself. I can tell you now. But the next day I did a Bible study and I said, I want to receive the Holy Spirit properly. I know He touched me last night. I want to receive Him properly. And so we went at 10 o'clock at night after a Bible study in a park at Strathfield, Homebush Road, Strathfield Park, under the stars. Knelt down in the park. I didn't know what I was doing there. I had three other people with me that were Christians or believers. They said, just pray, think of Jesus, worship Jesus. I didn't know how to worship Jesus. And they said, just lift your hands up and just think of Jesus dying on the cross and worship Him. Tell Him hallelujah, I love you. And I was doing that for a good hour and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in an unknown language. And I can't tell you except that I was a changed man. From that point on, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't need to drink. I didn't need any dope. I didn't need the world like I did before. I didn't need, because I was satisfied with God. And I'm telling you, there's many, many people like that. We know heaps of stories. My older brother's like that. He used to get filled with a lot of stuff and used to be a drug dealer at one point. Unimaginable right now, but he was pretty bad. And you know what? He got filled with the Holy Spirit too and didn't need it anymore. And there's many people with addiction right now. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit... In the book of Ephesians says, do not be drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Because being drunk with wine, there's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. There's no side effects. You get drunk with wine and you get up in the morning, you're going to have a headache, you're going to vomit, you know all the bad side effects, wreck your liver, wreck your kidney. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get high on the most high. You actually can, I believe, when I, when I say about getting high, you get high in this, in this fashion. You have no care in the world, no worry in the world. Why do people get drunk? They want to escape their worries. They want to escape their fears. They want to escape their heart sorrows. And then they get so full of, they're fearless. That's why they get into fights. They're fearless because they don't care about the consequences. Holy Spirit fills you. But thank God you keep a sound mind. And the Holy Spirit fills you. You have no care in the world. You have no fear. You have no worry. You know why? You have the peace of God. You have the love of God. And in that, you have the wisdom of God. You have the joy of God. I'm telling you, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. We read that scripture. I have to make this emphasis. Jesus says, he who is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. The only requirement, if I could say this, the only qualification that you and I have to have or requirement is thirst. And anyone can thirst. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be clean up your life in your own strength. Because some people think, if I clean up my life in my own strength, then I'll, I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. No. You come by His grace. You come through faith in His grace that on the cross, He paid the penalty for your sin and my sin. The, the judgment of God was put upon Jesus so I could be free. And if He's not saying, fix up your life, clean up your life, and when you fix it, then come to me, then I'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. No. He'll fill you because of His mercy. He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. All you need, all I need is thirst. Have you ever been thirsty? I think about where's the times I've been most thirsty in my life. And there have been times, I suppose, when I've run in the heat of the day and 35 degrees. I've ran in 35 degree days, even 40. And, and I, man, when you get every bubbler, I drink. But, you know, if you, if you uh, don't do that, by the way. Um, <laughs> I have my tactics. I put a T-shirt on my head, wet the head, 
uh, wet the t-shirt. I drink everywhere. And, and, but I'm saying is you get so thirsty. Have you ever dra- eaten, eaten feta cheese or something that's so salty, anchovies, or something that's just so salty, uh, garlic, uh, and lots of garlic, and you feel so thirsty, and you, all you can think of is, I need drink. All you can think of is, I need water. Now, I've never been in the desert, but if, I, if you and I have been in the desert for two weeks without water, you don't think about nothing except, I need water. And that's the type of thirst that could come from your belly. We've got to get to the place where, God, we need you. We need you, and we're hungry for you. And when you're hungry, then, and only then you get filled. I, I've said all that to get to this point in the book of Acts. Jesus says in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 5, For John, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then they're saying to him about the, you know, the restoration of Israel. But Jesus said this, It is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and on the ends of the earth. What's happening here? Let me just give you a quick context. These disciples, these apostles, 120 of them, they walked with Jesus. They saw Jesus do miracles. They saw Him raise the dead of a, of a widow walking in a funeral. And He stops the coffin and brings him back to life. They saw Him grab a little boy's lunch and, give, and give, multiply that food to about 15,000, 20,000 people. They saw Him walk on water. They saw Him open up blind eyes. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle for three and a half years. This became lifestyle. They were convinced He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. Then He dies on the cross and there shattered, absolutely shattered. They're they're hiding in a room full of fear, grief, weeping, crying. They're weeping for days, for three days. Totally depressed, totally sad, grief stricken. They don't believe He's going to raise from the dead, even though He told them. And think about all that. And then He gets raised from the dead and they see Him. They ate with Him. They touched Him. They even saw Him ascend to heaven. They saw Him a number of times. And when He ascended to heaven, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. Now, I just want to show us the expectation that they would have had, the faith in their hearts that they're waiting in the, in, the, in the upper room in Jerusalem for 10 days. Because Jesus told them on the 40th day and He went into heaven. So we know they were up in the upper room. It tells you all the apostles are there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And it says that they were praying in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. But in Acts chapter 2, it says this, this is what happened. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And then, now, see, that's, that's the ready time. That's the Pentecost day. That's the, 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 the feast of harvest. It's the first fruits, but the first fruits, Jesus was the first fruit. Now it's going to bring the harvest in. That's when the Holy Spirit was destined by God to pour out on the earth. And when they're in that one place, in accord, in prayer, position, seeking, hungry, thirsty, looking to God, worshiping God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. There's that fire word again. They saw fire on each one of them, 120 of them, on top of their heads, more likely. It sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And they changed the world. They shook their Jerusalem upside down. They went to other cities. They, they spread the gospel to the nations. They, they healed the sick. They cri- raised up cripples that were crippled for 38 
years. They raised the dead. They preached the gospel. They, they, they saw massive transformation. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit baptism. Can you see the need that we as a church have to be desperate and hungry and thirsty? We know we have right standing with God, but we need the Holy Spirit. Baptism of fire. And I believe He's poured out. We just need to be positioned. We just need to be hungry. We need just to be thirsty. He said, can I pray? Can I pray? First of all, before you accept the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to accept Jesus Christ. If you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, if you've come across this stream on YouTube or on Facebook and you're listening for the first time and you don't know Jesus, you can put your faith in Christ that He died on the cross in your place. God sent a perfect man without sin, came for a virgin birth, and He dies on the cross in your place, in my place, because of His love. All you have to do is say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I f- ask you to forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. I give you my life. Why don't you pray that prayer right now? Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the penalty for my sin. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. I turn away from my sin. I give you my life. I surrender my will. I make you Lord. I make you Savior. And when you accept Jesus Christ like that, He forgives you and cleanses you and gives you right standing with Him. And at that point, I believe you can ask God to fill you. Can we pray right now for a fresh baptism? Father, I just thank You for a fresh baptism upon Your church, upon GGC Life, no matter where we are, if we're in our rooms, our bedrooms, our kitchens or in our cars, wherever we are, Father God, Wherever we are listening to this, we ask you to fill us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire as you did in the book of Acts, as you did with the early apostles. We're hungry, Father, for a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Purify our hearts. Refine us. Let it be ongoing. Let it be every day. Let our hunger burn every day until you come back, we pray in Jesus' name. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.